this morning. Father, I, I look to your word this morning for our strength. Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit to teach us this morning. to Speak to our heart in ways that man cannot. We know your word brings faith. And today, God, we ask for great faith from your word. So that we can walk holy for your glory, not for ours. God, I pray that you would call us all to right standards today. And God, that you would call people to salvation today. Lord, we know that you are good and a gracious God. And today we look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. In your most holy name, amen. And now look at this. We literally see the church of Jesus Christ in Acts has been called out. We're not called to sit still. Let the church say amen. We're called to go out. We're not called to keep all this to ourselves. I think we all in here can agree as believers in Jesus Christ, maybe as long-standing members here, that the word of God is true, amen? That the message of the gospel is good, has blessed our souls. But it's not ever something we should keep to ourselves. That goodness that is within your heart, you must share with the world. And there's a sacredness that God has entrusted to you and I today that, that when we look into the Word of God, it's not just something that blesses us, but it's something that's intended to bless the world. And Christ has called His church to not just set still, but He's called us out. You're looking through that passage of Scripture, we see that, that the people are they're regarded as a word that we're familiar with. And we use it in a lot of different terms in our modern society, but this word church, everybody say church. But the Greek word for that is ekklesia. Everybody say ekklesia. We see that, we're like, how do you say that? I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird word. But ekklesia literally means called out. Like if you were to break it down, there's, there's some debate as to what it actually means, but, but, but in its true Greek form here, it's, it's a called out assembly. It's a group of people who were called out. We call this building a church, don't we? Let's go to the church. I hear preachers say, well, my church. But when, when we really talk about ecclesia in the true biblical sense, this is the body of Christ. We're called out. We're not called to stay the same. In Scripture, we're taught that, you know, we are new creatures in Christ. Amen? We're not the same. I mean, what would be the point if when we were saved and we just stay the same? We're different. And I think when we're looking through here, we see some, some pretty good points as to who we are, that we're not just a group of people who are called together, but we're a group of people who are called out. We're holy. Don't let that word throw you either, right? We're holy. We're set apart. God has called you and I today to, to bring Him glory. We're set apart for that reason. And there's a sacredness to the church that I believe sometimes we forget. And I pray today that we are defined as people of the book. I pray today that we are defined as people of the cross who value the work of Jesus Christ more than anything else in this world. We want to continue to grow our church. We want to continue to reach out to our community. We have to carry the cross of Jesus. We must be a people who are defined as that. that we're going to love this community no matter what. Amen, church? I don't want to be alone in this. That we, We're going to love our world because that's the call of Jesus Christ. That's the call that we have on our hearts. It's not just a pastor's call or a deacon's call or an elder's call. It's not just a Sunday school teacher's call. It is the call of all believers to love the world and to teach the good news of Jesus Christ wherever we go. How many of us are excited about Jesus this morning? Now, this morning when we were singing that worship, I was just like, literally out of Scripture, what people are singing at God's throne today. 
holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. It's, that's good news. I don't know if you, if you really caught those words or thought about it this morning, but he's holy. And as he is holy, so should we be holy. And so we're not just called out just to be First Baptist Church McLeod. We're called out to be servants of the Most High King, which means we need to be busy. We need to be doing things. We need to be not just saying we believe in Jesus, but telling people that we believe in Jesus. God is so good. And so his message for us today is that we are to be called out. And if we are called out, the first point I would say this morning, we are called out to be certain things. But I would say first this morning, we are called out to be the family of God. You know, tonight we're going to do church at the lake. It's a fellowship time. We're going to cook hamburgers and hot dogs. We're going to have sides. We're going to have you know drinks. We're going to have that kind of stuff at the lake, right? It's going to be hot, I know. <laughs> it's, going to be, it's going to be a new thing. I've never had a cookout with this church before, but we're going to try it tonight. We're going to see how it works, right? What's this, what's this cookout going to look like? I think it's going to be great. Because here's the thing. As the body of Christ, we are called out. And it's good that we come as believers in Jesus Christ together. But honestly, has it crossed our minds that maybe we could bring someone with us who doesn't know Jesus? Because as good as it is to be a part of the family of God, there are other people out here who are not currently in the family of God, but they could be if we would just heed the call and preach the gospel. We are the family of God. And if we are His family, then we should be defined as such. We should be walking as such. We should be defined by our unity. I love our church because we're really unified. It's been a year, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been a year since you called this guy to be your pastor. It's been a year since I think today's the year, first Sunday, official Sunday I was here. A year. And I love what God's doing here. But you know what? When I look back, it's not because of Daniel. It's not because of you. It's because of God working through us. It's because we're the family. This would never work if we weren't a part of the family of God. You guys would nitpick me apart. And I'd nitpick you apart. We'd just grab at each other and we'd have business meetings and argue, right? Our business meetings are fun, believe it or not. I know we're Baptists and they're not supposed to be fun, but they are. Because we're talking about the, the business of God and we behave like the family of God. And if we're a family, we're going to treat each other as such. I know a lot of times we have a bad idea of what family means. Maybe your family's broken. Maybe you don't get along with people in your family. But the thing that we see here in Scripture is that it's, Family in the true sense. Born-again believers are told that we are to be members of this family. We're not just to say, well, I'm a Christian, and then you're never a part of it. You know, I think it's great that people, you know, they, they go to church online. That's good, right? I think it's great that people go even to maybe a Sunday school class. That's okay. That's good. It's needed. I think it's great that we read Scripture on our own. But here's what I honestly believe. It's part of the prescription for who the family is, is that we come together. I know we have very people in this church who only come to Sunday school. Yeah, Daniel's going to talk about it a little bit. And I don't say it in a judgmental way, but if you only come to Sunday school, you're missing out on the fullness of God's family. I, I tell our youth, you can come to youth on Wednesday night, but you're missing out on the fullness. Believe it or not, how, about, how many older people are in this church, right? I'm raising my hand. I'm 46, right? And we got our young people and we got our kids. We got our young adults. We have all this. I want you to understand, we all need each other. 
We're not called to have a youth ministry, kids ministry, an adult ministry. We're called to have a ministry. It's a unified thing. Yeah, do we do crazy things? Yeah, the youth are going to spend probably five minutes is all it'll last. I don't know. But they're going to throw flour at each other on Wednesday nights. I had some of the youth come up and they said, well, what's the spiritual like, you know, what does this mean? I was like, it doesn't mean anything. We're just going to fellowship. We're going to throw some expired flour on each other, right? The thing that we do know, though, is that we are called to come together. We're not called to live apart. What this church needs now more than ever is it needs all areas to be as one. It's not a youth church, a kids church, and an adult church. It's all of us is together. And even on a bigger scale, we're a part of a bigger family of God. Amen. There are good churches and good people in this town that are all worshiping Jesus right now. And if they're preaching the Christ that we preach, we're, we're a part of that same family. So how do we become a part of that family? Well, guys, we become a part of that family when we hear the gospel, when we confess our sins, and when we place our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. That's how we become a part of the family. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. None of us deserve the the blessing of being a part of the family of God. But I'm glad that we are. I'm glad that you and I are part of the family. We are, uh, at the moment of of being saved, we are born into God's kingdom as his children. And we become joint heirs with him. That's a beautiful thing. Our Sunday school class this morning, I I, kind of got to lead it and talk to the folks in there this morning. It was a good time. That we just talked about scripture and, uh, and the passage I read, I may get to it, and I may not today, but Revelation 21, you can write it down. Revelation 21, starting at verse 1, it talks about a God who comes and makes everything right. That in that time, God's going to come back. There's going to be a new Jerusalem coming down. God's going to say, you know what? No more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow. It's all done. And as a church, as a family, we should encourage each other with those words. That there is coming a day when all this pain, all this struggle is going to go away. The worship team, I told them, I said, you know, there's, there's times when you guys are up there worshiping and it's like everybody's like one instrument, you know. Worship in heaven is going to be that way, but all the time. You're not going to have lights flickering or someone playing out of t- tune or something like that, right? Mike's kick, kicking out. It's going to be always. The, the Word of God is, is, is drawing us to understand that in here today, that, that as a family of God, we can get through all things together because of Jesus Christ, who is our author and perfecter of our faith. Do you trust Jesus on that level? I mean, are we big enough to look maybe, because I know what happens in churches. People hurt each other's feelings. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you before? Surely not. You're like, well, we're Baptists, so yes, it's happened before. We've had disagreements. We, and it's really easy in church just to hold grudges against people. It's really easy in churches to say, well, you know what? That's not my area of the church. Here's the thing. We are all called to unity as a family. If one of us hurts, we all hurt. If one of us rejoices, we all rejoice. I rejoice as a new baby sitting in this place today. And that baby is born on a wonderful day, August the 4th. I think that's a perfect birthday. I told Daniel and Stormy, I said, you know, y'all should shoot for August 4th. And Stormy's like, I ain't going that long. Stormy, I don't know what to tell you. I prayed for it, and August 4th happened, and that baby was born. We're so happy that she's here. But as a family, I want you to think about this. We are called together as the family of God. This first century church, they had problems when they started acting like they weren't family. Ananias and Sapphira, they, they, you know, some people say, well, that's, that's kind of strict that God would just cause these people to fall dead. 
And are we supposed to sell all our land? Is this something that, you know, everybody go from here and sell your land, bring the money here. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is that they did not regard the family of God as sacred. In their mind, it was okay to lie how much money they sold that for. They sold it for one price and kept a little bit back and gave the rest to the church, but told the church that they sold it for this amount. They didn't view the church as sacred. They took it cheaply. I know we all don't, I don't think it's a, it's a precedence in Scripture that, well, we all got to go sell everything we own and do this. That's not, that's not the point because later on in the epistles and stuff, we're taught about, you know, being a, a church that, you know, that we work, that, that we have lives. But yeah, we support the work of the church. But what we see here is these people, though, lied to the church. But even more importantly, you know who else did they lie to? They lied to God, the Holy Spirit. They grieved the Holy Spirit. I mean, they walked into the church and said, here's this money. This is what we sold it for. Let's, let's do some good work. But it was lying. They did not view the church as sacred. They thought they could just lie to it. And you may be saying, well, shame on them. You know, they must have been, they weren't Baptists, of course. You know, they would. A Baptist would never lie, right? But I want to tell you something this morning. How many of us cheap, uh, treat the church as cheap? When it's convenient for us, we'll go. When it's convenient for us, we'll help. When it's convenient for us, we'll be there. We, we've got that totally upside down if that's our mentality. The work of the gospel must be first in our life. It must be first. In your homes, you know, we, we, want to, we want to say, well, we need a society that's Christian so our kids can grow up Christian. No, what we need are moms and dads who are Christians so your kids can grow up Christian. That's what we need. It starts at home. You can't depend upon schools or, you know, private or public, whatever. I went to a, I went to a very public school or a private school when I was in seventh and eighth grade. I went to a private school. It was probably the most pagan place I ever walked into. You had a bunch of people who were Christian, but they weren't. We'd go to chapel, but then you'd turn around and the kids were just living life like sinners. You know what I mean? I mean, that would look like that would be the answer. We'll go to a Christian school and everything will be fine, but it really wasn't the case. It was good for me because I was a believer. My parents instilled in me the gospel. But for the kids who didn't have it at home, it was just kind of like, you know, pouring water off a duck's back. Just kind of went down. So as a church, what we need today is understand we're not called out just to be religious. We're not called out to be political. Let the church say amen. We need to quit acting like that politics are our religion. If that is the case, I feel bad for you because God's picture is a little bit bigger than politics. It goes bigger than the history of America. I'd call you to Genesis chapter 1 with God created what? heavens and the earth. That's the God I serve. It's not God who created some stimulus package or God who created some you know, peaceful time in America or whatever. God created life. And when we come together as a family, that's what we're celebrating today is a God who, who loves us that much. And we're called together to be that. Romans 9 eight says that, that you and I, that we are children of the flesh who are now children of God. But the children have promised counted as offspring. In other words, because of God's promise to you and I today, we're different. You and I are, if you're a believer today, I think it's awesome. You and I have a connection because we are now children of God. We're not just people who who are out here who just call ourselves Christians, but we're actually 
of the same blood. Whether you live here in Big McLeod, Oklahoma, or you live in Istanbul, Turkey, whether you live in Tegucigalpa, Honduras, whether you live in, in Salia, Arizona, wherever it is that you live in this world, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are the same and we are the family. That's encouraging to me. I've been praying for uh, our turkey trip. And um, I think it's interesting we're going right around Thanksgiving to Turkey. But anyways, that's a bad joke. But we're going to Turkey, you know, to, to, to really encourage the church that is there. It's very small. It's very underground. It's a hostile environment for the church, but I guarantee you, and I look forward to it, that when we go there, we're going we're gonna to visit with people who are believers and there's going to be a connection because we're all part of the family of God. And I pray that when we leave there, that there are more people a part of that family. Well, I pray that as we leave this place today, that you guys will go out into your community, to your homes, to your families maybe even, and you go out to there and you, you preach the gospel. You tell what God's doing in your life so that there can be more people in the family of God. Romans 8, 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. If I ask any believer here today, are you a believer in Jesus Christ? Most of us are going to say, yep. But are you allowing the Spirit to lead you? Is it sacred to you? Are you a part of the family, so to speak? For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. It's adoption. Now, one thing I've I figured out um, since, since we've adopted is the beauty in adoption. I think probably in the back of my head, I always thought adoption was kind of like, well, you got, you know, you, you got your blood kids that, you know, that, that you were a part of, your wife gave birth to, and your adopted kids. It's like, you know, they're different. It's like a different, it's not that way at all. It's like, it's, it's the same. There's no difference at all. And I'd always been told it's like the same, but I, but until I we adopted, it's like, oh yeah, that's true. And it's been such a beautiful thing in my heart because that's exactly what you and I are to God. Quit viewing your salvation as something less than. Well, I'm a Christian, but you know, I was a sinner. Quit focusing on the past and understand that right now you're standing as child of God. You're a part of the family of God. And there is no separation. You've been brought into his family and living by the Spirit. So if, if we're called out, as I know we are as the church, then we're called out to be the family of God. And church, can I say something to you today? Let's act like the family of God. Tonight's going to be fun. And that's just a little picture, right? So it's like one evening. Surely we can all get along for one evening. Amen. I hope nobody starts a food fight. I mean, that might be fun. But if y'all want to throw food at each other, come Wednesday night, throw flour at each other. That would be better, okay? But the thing about all of this is, is that when we come together, there's a, there's a, there's a commonality here. I hope tonight that we just glory in that, that, that maybe as, as believers that we're sitting there thinking, saying to ourselves, God, thank you for this night. Thank you for these people. Now send us forth. I pray tonight that someone comes to know Jesus because they see the love in us. They see the family ties within us. And if we're called out, which we are, we're called out to be the family of God. The second thing I would say is that we are called out to be the body of Christ. Ananias and Sapphira, they cheated the churches as like a cheap thing, you know? And eh, we'll just give what we want. They gave seconds is what they gave. They gave seconds. A lot of times we give seconds, don't we? It's interesting. I, I saw a meme this week, and I know memes are memes. But in this meme, it talked about like the average amount of time that a person spends in church per year. 
it's crazy how much time we spend watching Netflix, right? How much time we spend doing other things in this world. And the time that we actually, even as believers in Jesus Christ, as a family of God, the average person, what they spend in hours per year in church is very little. There's something wrong there. The early church said that they broke bread daily. The early church came together frequently. It was part of it. They needed each other, right? I, I've been encouraged. Um, our, our young adult Sunday school class, I've got to be in there. It's, it's just encouraging to me with the ones that are in there that, you know, we start talking about things. And we talk scripture and we talk all that. But this morning we were talking about, you know, music. And it was just, it was a wonderful thing. Our commonalities, the things that we had in common. And we're encouraged in that because we're called out to be together. But we're called out also to be the body of Christ. Now, what does that mean? When you think of body of Christ, what do you think? Sacrifice? Do you think of salvation for mankind? Guys, if we are the body of Christ, then we should be acting like the body of Christ. We should be defined by a people of his power. We're walking by the power of Christ. If we're the body of Christ, then there ought to be things happening out here. All you people that showed up last Wednesday night, I put out a call and said, hey, we're going to need some help. We're going to need some eyes on the ground. And Wednesday night, we had 51 young people at our church, on our campus. I've had people this week say, man, that was, that was pretty cool. It's glad that we're helping the other churches in town. I was like, no, wait, wait, wait. None of these kids go to church anywhere. <laughs> 51 kids. 51. Some of y'all showed up and you were there. You got to mingle with them. You got to see your love. I think more than anything, they got to see the power of Christ. Some of these kids, they, they didn't realize church could be this way. That church was a place that wasn't just a boring place, but it was a place that, that they could come and they could, they could feel cared for and loved. We had pizza and we had nachos. Some of y'all showed up really early to thaw out some frozen meat and it took forever. <laughs> but you guys did it, right? And so we had this time of fellowship but it was also a time to show them what the family of God looks like. And it was also a time to show them what the body of Christ looks like. It's a powerful thing. Church, we're not weak. Let the church say amen to that. We are powered by the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We are the body of Christ. When you think about the body of Christ, I know we think sacrifice. We may think in a tomb. We may think a resurrected body. Whatever it is that you think, that is what we are. It is by the body of Christ that we are the body of Christ. It's not because Daniel preaches a sermon that changes your life forever. It's because you heard the word of God and the Holy Spirit spoke to you. And it was Jesus on the cross that changed your life forever. Some of y'all might say, well, it takes works to get to heaven. The only works it takes for you to get to heaven is the work of Jesus on the cross. It's not anything you do. If, if we could get to heaven by our own works, we'd never make it. We would never make it at all. Some of y'all are like, well, I could make it. Well, you probably have to quit driving because I know how most of us drive, right? You'd have to quit watching TV because I know what probably most of us are watching. We watch stuff that probably we shouldn't. Maybe it's not the worst stuff in the world, but it may not be the most powerful, positive stuff that we could be watching. You have to quit going out in the public. You would have to quit breathing to be a perfect person. And even then, you're still tainted with sin. Church, we are called to be the family. We are also called to be the body of Christ. If there's something we need to be focusing on is how can we be used more of God? God, help us to be defined by the power that is you. That as a church, 
you know, I, I've been seeing and I've been hearing what's going on in our community. Some, it's, it's interesting to me because as we pick up pace and as we as a church are coming together and loving on our community more and more, people are hearing about what God's doing here and they shouldn't be hearing it because it's just kind of weird. But word of mouth happens, right? And I say, hey, you heard about this. You heard about this. I've been, I've been hearing this all week long. And I've been so encouraged by that. It's not because of your pastor. It's not because of our ministries. It's because we are the family of God. And we are the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is defined as a powerful thing. The death of Christ, the burial of Christ, the resurrection of Christ speaks to the world because it is through that that we can be saved. How many of you guys understand that in this town there are probably countless thousands of people that really just don't know Jesus right now? That's sad. But as a pastor, that excites me because I know the goodness of the gospel. We get the word out there. And it's more than just getting people in our church so they can, you know, be part of this church, that they can, you know, give money, that they can give their time, whatever. It's getting people in here so that they are right in their standing with God. And we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says that now you are the body of Christ. Paul writing in the church in Corinth, he says, you are the body of Christ and you're individually members to it. We, we are not just people who go to church. A lot of people are just so, man, they're like, I'm a member of First Baptist. I, when I was in Portland, there were people who were members of the church, but they never did anything else but claim they were members of the church. And they liked that because they, you know, they had free rental of the facilities. If they died, they had a preacher to preach their funeral. If they got married, they had a preacher to preach their wedding. That was church to them, right? And I would get so irritated. I'm like, where are you like when we need you? The church of God is it's not just something that we're just a part of so we can say we're a part of it. You don't go to church to show up just so you can take pictures during the holidays and say, well, look at us. We went to church today. whoop de doo Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary for your sins. And so daily we should be living in a powerful way, the body of Christ. Because we are the body of Christ. Don't be Ananias and Sapphira. Don't. Everybody say, okay. I'm not talking about lands. I'm not talking about how much you give to the church. Here's what I'm talking about. Don't be dishonest with God. Be honest. Honestly, if you're suffering today with a lack of motivation, maybe, maybe it's, a, it's a thing within you that you just got a bad attitude about church. I get it. For crying out loud, I'm a preacher. I've been, you know, I've had some rough bouts in church before. It happens because we're human. But what you ought to be praying for today is, God, if we are the body of Christ, would you empower us so that we can be like a family? What this community, what this world will see in us, if we're like family, they'll see something they want to be part of. If they see unity with us, they'll, they'll crave that. If they say disunity within us, they can get that at a, at a Thunder game, right? There's disunity at a Thunder game. Even fans will yell at the, you know, the players down there. I don't even know the players' names anymore. Anybody know? Gilgus Alexander. I know that one, right? So that dude, you know, is he still there? Okay, all right, I'm looking at my basketball guys over here. My basketball lady right there. Even fans will yell at them, though, and say, pass the ball, you know? Play some D, step it up. They'll, they'll yell at them. People can get disunity anywhere. But the church can offer unity. And it's not just a temporary unity, but it's something that they'll experience for all eternity. 
understand Jesus doesn't save us just for a little bit, but he saves us for time and for eternity. God has called us not just to be the family of God. He's called us to be the body of Christ. A.W. Tozer says that 100 religious persons knit into a unity by careful organization do not constitute a church. I'm talking to you guys about unity today. And A.W. Tozer says, just because you guys are all together and you come together and you sit together and you give together and you leave together doesn't mean that you're the church. He says it doesn't do that any more than 11 men make 11 dead men who make a football team. It doesn't make a difference. You can have 11 dead men out there, and that doesn't make them a football team. We can have a house full of people, but if we don't love Jesus, it's not a church. We must understand that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. When we leave here, we ought to think, who can I tell about Jesus today? I think if I was, if you were to be honest with me and I was to be honest with you, most of the time when we leave here, we don't think about ministry for the week. We don't think about people we can pray with. We don't think about people we can invite. We don't think about any of that kind of stuff. We're just like, well, I hope Daniel preaches really loud next Sunday so a bunch of people come. I hope everything's just perfect in here. I hope the chairs are perfectly comfortable. I hope the air is perfect. I hope the music is perfect. I hope all of this is perfect so people will come here. Church, that will never happen. We have to get out there and tell people about who Jesus is. Do you know Christ today? I mean, most of us in here probably do. We know Jesus. We're a part of that family. We are the body of Christ. Well, now we need to act like it. The last thing I would say this morning is we're not just called out to be those, but we're also called out to be the eternal bride of Christ. The eternal bride of Christ. When you think of bride, what do you think? Wedding? What else? What? Your wife, right? Yeah. Expensive? Okay, yeah. Somebody said that back there? Argumentative? No, no, okay. We're not going to go down that road, right? That's after the honeymoon. Okay. So, but when we think of bride, right, we think of something, joy, happiness, perfection, beauty. In Scripture, the body of Christ, the family of God, we are referred to as the bride of Christ. I'll never forget when I married my bride. And I'm up on stage, and I got my best man all lined up here, you know. And I'll never forget when she came into view at the back of that. Like, it was all I could do not to just bust out crying. I kept telling myself, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. And then she walked out there, and it was just like, just beautiful, right? Shining like a ray of light in the dark walking towards me. And I'm like, I get to kiss her here in a few moments. I hope my dad hurries up with this service so we can can kiss because I was ready for that. But the body of Christ, the family of God, the bride of Christ, there's a very intimate type of connotation behind bride of Christ. It's not just something that's cheap, right? We're not just a part um, you may be a member of AAA, but AAA is only going to help you so far, right? You may be a member of a timeshare, but a timeshare is only going to help you so far. You may be a member of some organization, but they're only going to help you so far. But as the bride of Christ, you are his most loved. You are his beloved. The church is the bride of Christ. Christians, I want you to understand. We're like a wife who is loved by her husband. We're not just people who are out there and it's just kind of a cheap religion. 
our Muslim friends, our Muslim brothers and sisters that we may know, they just teach about a guy who was a prophet and he taught stuff and they're supposed to try to do their best to live up to that, right? Mormonism, same thing. In Mormonism, it's kind of like, uh, how, many, how, how many things can you do in order to be okay and to make it to that celestial planet? JWs, what do they do? They go around and they knock on doors all day long. Knowing that they're probably not going to make the 144,000 that's promised to live in the new heaven, new earth, all that kind of stuff, right? So there's all these religions in the world today, but Christianity says, you know what? You are the apple of God's eye. You're the bride of Christ. Man, have you thought about that lately? How many of us struggle in here today? I just want you to do it. How many of us have had a struggle in the past year that's just been tremendous? Raise your hand. Okay? There's a few of y'all that have the perfect life. I get it, right? But here's the thing. You're going to struggle at some point. We all struggle. We all go through terrible times. But remember that there is a God who looks at you as the apple of his eye. When we say we're the bride of Christ, it's not just a generic term. It's not just an umbrella term. The eternal bride of Christ is a group of people who have been saved by the body, slain, who have been brought into the family as physical family of God. This is something that we are. Our definition is not just something cheap. And so as the church, we have to quit treating the church so cheaply. Don't, don't just be the people that show up sometimes. But be the, be the people who are like, you know what? I, I want to show up today because I want God to speak to me. It's not about Daniel's ego, by the way. It's great when we have a lot of people show up. But you know, I've seen God move in mighty ways when there was two or three here. It's okay. How do we show up when it comes to God? Do we understand that we are the eternal bride of Christ? And here's the thing. As believers, we're defined by the power, by being the body of Christ. We're defined by um, the unity by being the family of God, but we're also defined by love. Everybody say love. That's what we're defined as. We're not defined by our feuds. We're not defined by our denominational lines. We are defined by love because we are the eternal bride of Christ. Man, he loves us. He loves us. Somebody say amen to that. He loves us. He's not just a God who's out here and he's kind of like, well, you guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wind this world up and you guys just, best of luck. Have, have fun with it. I think one of the greatest jobs in the world would be to work at Branson at Silver Dollar City and work on one of the big rides. Maybe the time travel would be my favorite one I would want to work on. And you get you get to be the guy that does this, right? You guys rode the time traveler at Silver Dollar City? Nobody has. Okay. The Hensons have. We've rode it many times. I think we were there the first week it opened up because we're nerds like that. But but the time traveler, it's this, it's this ride. And the very first thing on the time traveler, you just drop off, you know? into the abyss. But I would love to be the guy that just pulls the, the little lever, and there you go. You get to send people over the edge all day long. How fun would that be? It's kind of like being a pastor sometimes. He's going to send you over the edge. Let's, let's, see, if, let's see if changing uh, this will make people mad or not. You know, let's, let's see if adding this will make people mad. I'm just kidding. But here's the thing. God's not like that. God's not a ride director. He's not just there just to pull a lever. God is in our lives. He's the lover of our soul. He's, he's the one that is our family. He's, he's the one that gives us power because he's the one that helps us to be defined as, as a group that love each other and that we love the world. 
If I was to say, what's on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do we love McLeod? What would people say? 10? 9? If we were honest, it's probably more like a 2 or a 3. Do you guys agree with that? I, I was thinking about our church the other day. We got a lot of people that come to this church that don't even live in McLeod. But I, every day I drive to work and I, I see a lot of houses. Most people don't, I don't, as far as I know, they don't go to church anywhere, right? If they do, perfect. But, but, but I think as a church, we have to learn to, to love the area that we're in too, right? And this is, this is a focal point for us. This year, I think as a church, we need to be reaching McLeod. It's good we go on mission trips. It's good we do this and that. If we draw people from Shawnee or, you know, even from Hera. I don't know why, but anyways, but all these, I'm just kidding. But all these, all these people could come to church here, right? But if we're the church who's been planted in McLeod, if we're not loving McLeod, we're just missing out, missing out on like a mission field, really. We're missing out. There are people here who need to know Jesus. I was reminded of that this past week when 51 kids showed up that don't have a church anywhere. One of the things that uh, FCA, they've they been talking to us, the, the workers there said that a lot of the kids in, that he knows from the school, they're not, they don't feel comfortable in church. And he says, I don't know what to do about that. Like you can have some kind of, event, you can meet at the school and they'll come to it, but they won't come to church. You know what that tells me is that as the church, we need to be we need to be showing the love of Christ to them. And it's not just your pastor or your youth pastors, but guys, it's you guys. You guys that showed up the other night and you were just, you know, maybe you're just sitting around visiting or you were cooking or you were serving food. They see that. When we fed the teachers a couple weeks ago, those people saw that. Like it affects them. They're like, okay, these people are really cool. They fed us nachos. It's awesome. They fed us these, these great foods, these great desserts. They, they, they must be good people. They must be someone we can trust. And whenever the going gets rough, they'll have a place that they may feel that they can trust. But beyond all that, guys, we should be defined as these things, as the family of God. We're not just defined as a cheap place that we meet once a week. Church. Get this picture with me. We need to be living for Christ daily because we're the family of God. We're the body of Christ. We're the eternal bride of Christ. We're, we're all of this. But that struggle is real, isn't it? How many of us struggle to tell people about Jesus? I hear a lot of people say, man, it's really, I, I just feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing. You know what? I believe God's so powerful, he can use your wrong statement to, to see someone saved. That in spite of ourselves, he can use us in order that person might know him. We might say something wrong and it sends them on the right direction. Here's what I believe the Holy Spirit goes in front of us whenever we're witnessing to people, whenever we're working with people. God's working in their heart already. So let us, let us walk as members of the family. Let us walk as people in power because the Holy Spirit's working within us, that it's God's will that people know. Let's walk as the eternal bride of Christ, that, you know, I'm so loved by Jesus, and God loves everyone. John 3.16, for God so loved, not just McLeod, not just Baptist, but the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. He loves everyone. And so for you and I today, our goal is to tell everyone we know about Jesus, and not just in a superficial sense, but we understand that we are, man, I'm God's family, and you can be too. I'm, 
I'm a part of the body of Christ, which means there's power in me. You can have that power too. People are trying to find power in all things, aren't they? Drugs, alcohol, money, houses, cars. And if I could just have the perfect house, the perfect spouse, the perfect mouse, I guess. If I could have the perfect everything, then everything in my life is going to be good. But that's not how it works, is it? You can get a car, but that new car smell goes away. You can get a house, but that air conditioner breaks down. You can get money, but, well, y'all know where money goes, right? It's crazy. But when you get Jesus, it never, ever runs out. That feeling, that, that standing of salvation, it never runs out. It never does.